Hello and welcome. This is the UC Santa Cruz News Roundup podcast, where we talk about the latest news and research from UC Santa Cruz. In this episode, we'll continue going over the news about COVID-19 from a campus perspective and what UCSD is doing to combat the virus. And we are, of course, social distancing. We are very responsible UC employees. Um, Dan and I are recording this podcast through Zoom, which continues to be probably the most popular company in the world right now. (laughs) (laughs) So Dan, how how are things going with you at home? They're pretty good. I'm doing a lot of reading and I was watching a lot of opera for a while. Shopping is weird, isn't it? I feel like it's a little bit like when I was hiking in Glacier National Park in Montana and I probably, you're going to probably get to the lake and probably not get nibbled on by a grizzly bear, but you might. So it's just, <laughs> so it's like, there's so that element like of like with grizzlies to everything I do, like, or among yeah. grizzlies, like I'm going to shop for groceries among grizzlies or walk down down the block among grizzlies. And so those two words among grizzlies really puts a damper on, on kind of casual things. I mean, I've I've become very, very intentional. And I think I've hurt a couple people's feelings because I'll see someone walking in the street and I'll just sprint the other way. Oh, I know. know, Evading cars rather than to get them. I know. It's it's just so... Incredibly weird. Um, okay, you know, um, yeah. it's just, it's weird and hard and I don't know. So I'll have to hear more about your uh, your opera watching yeah. another time. But um, just want to let you know, uh, dear listeners, forgive any poor audio quality or children speaking in the background. <laughs> as, Excuse me! <laughs> He's as, natural. <laughs> as we get you the podcast, even in this strange and uncertain environment. I'm yeah. Gwen jordan and I'm an editor for UC Santa Cruz News. I'm Dan White. I'm a writer for UC Santa Cruz News. All right, so let's dive in. So first off, a quick recap of what's gone on so far. UC Santa Cruz has suspended in-person classes, including lectures, discussion sections, labs, studios, field research, and field study courses for the full spring quarter. The campus quickly pivoted to remote instruction, which as you can imagine, Dan, was a massive endeavor, and they did it very quickly. Um, And now we just learned that distance learning will continue for the summer session as well. Most events are postponed or canceled, such as our beloved alumni weekend. Um, Some events will resume online, so watch your email and check our calendar at calendar.ucse.edu for ways you can stay engaged with the life of the university. Commencement plans have not been finalized yet, but Chancellor Larive is working to get a read on what students would like to do. So I'm sure students and families will, uh, will be getting communication soon on commencement. And remember that you can donate to the COVID-19 slug support campaign, which is supporting students who are um, experiencing financial or personal crisis because of COVID-19. So go to giving.ucse.edu to find the campaign and learn more and donate. Funds will help provide food stability, emergency housing and rent support for students who have lost wages, a laptop lending program, case managers for students in need, and more. And we've already raised more than 
$111,000. Can you believe that? That is amazing. Every time I go in there and check on their website, the numbers keep ticking up. In fact, I'm going to do a spinoff story. Yeah, I keep, I, I keep, it's a, the story keeps getting irrelevant because every number I report on, it's just, <laughs> I'm always lowballing it. It's, so it's great. Yeah, it really is. So yeah. we're, we're so grateful to all those generous donors and that will be a huge help to students who have, um, who are experiencing, experiencing some hardships. So I haven't been on campus, of course. I've been staying in my house pretty much 24-7. Um, but the campus has been eerily quiet since yeah. stay-at-home orders went into effect. Faculty are adapting to teaching classes online, as we said, and research labs have had to shut down much of their work. And uh, like I hear the wild turkeys have pretty much taken over the campus. Do you think that's true? I mean, they are pretty bold. I feel like it would have to be true because in my limited experience, they were taking over when people were there. And of course, there is true, Hank, right? there's a Hank Hatebeak, who's a very yeah. famous turkey, whose Twitter following is way significantly bigger than mine. I've actually... <laughs> Do you know that thing that gets you suspicious is when you tweet at a turkey and a, a turkey tweets back, you're thinking, hmm, that's interesting. Like but that. I've had run-ins with Hate Beak where he's blocked my car, pecked at the tires. So I guess the question is, are the turkeys having as much fun without as many humans to inconvenience and antagonize that? Well, I, I, I have a sense, I, I, I guess... My guess is that they're multiplying and um, quickly <laughs> now that it's spring and it's going to be quite a different campus when we, when we come back. Um, yeah. Regardless, uh, many UCSC researchers are finding ways to apply their expertise to help combat the pandemic, even though they're not working on campus because they're scientists and they have a hard time sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, according yeah. to Rebecca Dubois, an assistant professor of biomolecular engineering who has expertise in virology and vaccine development. They have the tools and the technology and they wanna to try to help, of course. One of the biggest challenges in the US has been the limited capacity for diagnostic testing to determine who is infected with the virus. Several campus labs have the technical capacity to do these tests, but they don't have the regulatory approval needed to offer them. Of course, that probably takes a long time. But faculty with expertise in this area have been working with the Office of Research to figure out how they can make this happen. And then faculty, students, and staff are working to establish a diagnostic testing lab at UCSC as quickly as possible to serve the immediate needs of the community during this pandemic. And if successful, the UCSC testing lab has the potential to be the only facility capable of testing samples locally and turning around the results promptly aiming for a turnaround time of within 24 hours. Incredible. Making the rest of us feel a little bit unproductive. That's really amazing. <laughs> and, and I know you've been listening be awesome. to opera. Yeah. I've been, you know, doing a puzzle here and there. And it would be really amazing if they could make that work. I know. Yeah. And, and that's not all that's happening. Faculty in several departments have launched research projects that could lead to better and faster diagnostic tests improved understanding of the virus and how the immune system responds to it, and a better sense of the future course of the pandemic. 
Holger Schmidt, professor of electrical and computer engineering, is now adapting his optofluidic chip technology. I love that word, optofluidic. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah. The top. <laughs> He's adapting this technology to provide rapid detection of the coronavirus. Nader Pormand, professor of biomolecular engineering, was contacted by a health insurance company to develop a rapid coronavirus test that could be performed at pharmacies. And he's now working on this through a startup company based at the Startup Sandbox, uh, which is a biotech incubator in Santa Cruz. Immunologic testing, which involves detecting antibodies in blood samples to know if someone has already been exposed to the coronavirus, could also be important in managing the pandemic. Antibody tests require coronavirus antigens, and Du Bois's lab has the ability to make those antigens. After learning they were in short supply, she began production and will provide them for use by other researchers through a national repository maintained by the National Institutes of Health. So these are just a few examples of the many ways researchers at UC Santa Cruz are responding to the COVID-19 crisis, and we'll just keep you posted as things progress. And I think it's just fantastic. And the fact that this is taking place uh, on our campus in the Redwoods, in spite of all the turkey interference. (laughs) Maybe the turkeys can help somehow. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, so so that's not, I mean, that's all incredible and impressive, but um, that's not even all. There's another thing the campus is doing to combat this pandemic. We're creating a new program, the Global and Community Health Program, that will prepare students and provide research to solve current and future global health problems. The program will offer a multidisciplinary Bachelor of Arts degree and a Bachelor of Science degree. The program will also coordinate university-wide community and global health research efforts. This, um, the pandemic shows why these issues of global and community health matter, said Matthew Spark, a member of the team developing the new program and a professor of politics at UC Santa Cruz. It's made painfully clear why we need to study the natural science of disease emergence, spread and impact, he said. And it is also showing why social science on vulnerability, resilience, and how we, we respond to health challenges globally and locally is Critical, he added. The team developing the program includes faculty and administrators from departments across the biological and social sciences, faculty from engineering, the arts, and humanities disciplines are also participating. Oh, that interdisciplinary disciplinary aspect really interesting. So why is it that they're including faculty from outside the biological and social sciences? Well, So that diversity with viewpoints from many departments represented is a strength that will help ensure the program's success, according to Grant Hartzog, a professor of molecular cell and developmental biology at UC Santa Cruz and a member of the team. To solve global health problems, you need the epidemiologists, you need the scientists who can talk about disease biology, but you also need policy studies and people who can study the vulnerabilities of certain groups like the homeless and farm workers, um, according to Spark. Options for students to work with new faculty will begin once the faculty members are hired and the degree programs will start in a couple of years, around April, 2022. So all good stuff developing. Very impressive to hear that people are being so productive and forward thinking during this time where some of us are just working on sourdough. (laughs) 
many of us, according to Twitter. All right. So I think that's it for me. What's on your news, COVID-19 news radar, Dan? A bunch, actually, since you mentioned it. Now, sad to say, but for many healthcare providers and cashiers, farm workers, and health aides, safe distance is a luxury. Yeah. That's why doctor and educator Catherine Sonquist, Forrest, who's a Rachel Carson grad, community studies and environmental studies, uh, 81, is on an urgent mission to crowdsource, make, and deliver cloth masks to those who need them the most in Santa Cruz and Monterey counties during this COVID-19 crisis. It's really an amazing project, very clever and ambitious in channeling the problem-solving skills that Forrest learned at UC Santa Cruz. And you know what's really great, by the way, about cloth masks is you can reuse them, you can wash them in the machine. Mm -hmm. Um, Attending physician and outpatient care and a clinical associate professor of family medicine at Natividad Medical Center in Salinas. Now, Forrest has spent most of her life helping patients and advocating for better protections for healthcare workers, but Forrest noticed a glaring issue that there are nowhere near enough protective masks to go around. And these days, getting an N95, like the Rolls-Royce of masks, that's the health industry standard protective mask, but good luck getting one of them for a reasonable price. It's, it's like getting a first edition of a, a rare book. Um, so what she did is that she teamed up with Idea Fab Labs, a Santa Cruz-based community hub. Now, that's a pretty neat, it's a pretty interesting group. They have high-tech fabrication tools, including 3D printers and laser cutters for art-making and small-scale manufacturing. So Forrest teamed up with Idea Fab Labs to create this wonderful initiative called Project PPE for Central Coast to make a bunch of masks for those who really need them for protection. Oh, man, that is so great. So how many masks is she hoping to make? You're not going to believe this. Uh, They're going to ramp up, so they're going to distribute and make more than 3,000 masks per week in Santa Cruz and Monterey County. So just imagine how much of that gap, the need will be filled. Here's how it works. So it's Idea Fab Labs that makes these cloth-based kits, Mm -hmm. and 30 sewers, artisans all over the place that craft the masks out of these cloth-based kits. Now, the cloth masks are inspired pretty closely by the uh, N95 mask design, it's a health industry standard, as you mm-hmm. know. Okay. As Forrest explained, it's important to take a lot of initiative, initiative instead of just waiting around for a trickle-down approach. Now, here's how it works. I should emphasize to you listening uh, out there that the project isn't currently selling the mask to the general public. However, it is taking orders from nonprofits that are needed the masks and uh, you can readily download the template for the washable mask. It's available for free along with do-it-yourself instructions. And all you do is go to uh, our our news site. Just go to news.ucsc.edu and scroll down to my story, which is called Mission for Masks. And if you uh, move your way down the story, you're going to find some bold-faced texts, which will give you DIY instructions uh, a template for the mask, even a step-by-step video demonstration so you could make this in the comfort of your own home. Protective masks for yourself. Very cool. Uh, so onward to more COVID news. Now, Gwen, one thing that really is, is just is inspiring for me is the fact that I have, well, I have such a, a full roster of, of interviews lined up just with UC Santa Cruz alum yeah. who are hitting the COVID crisis from every 
conceivable angle, either making masks or searching for a cure or, or some public health initiative. It's just kind of amazing that there's that much brain power that is involved with just attacking this epidemic. I think it's just really great. So yeah. you've got uh, involved citizens like Catherine Forrest making masks. Another concerned citizen, Christian Lopez Vargas, he also couldn't stand by as the coronavirus threat spread. Coronavirus was threatening. It is the home country of Peru. It's, it's still a major problem there. So he decided yeah. to take some bold steps and confront the issue. He approached the Peruvian government about developing an app to improve what they call contact tracing to protect people from COVID-19. Then he helped lead the effort that culminated with the app's release only three weeks later. Now, that's amazing from wow. idea to app. Yeah. Not an easy project to pull off either. He had to work around the clock with a team of academics, the government, tech companies to develop a phone-based app and accompanying probability models. Now, with the endorsement of the government, the app Peru en tus manos was launched April 3rd and already has a million users. Oh my gosh. Wow. So the public has welcomed this tool and appreciates that the government uh, took decisive action to implement a nationwide lockdown early, said Lopez Vargas. It's super scary. My family is there. So Dan, what is contact tracing? So this is the big strategy that's being used by Lopez Vargas, who I should have mentioned, assistant professor of economics who joined the UC Santa Cruz faculty back in 2015. Now, contact tracing is the main strategy used to fight epidemics once containment is no longer possible. Uh, Unfortunately, that's become pretty common when containment has come and gone. It's a labor-intensive method that begins when an individual tests positive for the infection, then... uh, Healthcare professionals do a traceback on that person's contacts and notify everyone the infected individual is contacted so they can isolate themselves and help contain the spread of the disease. So it's incredibly uh, coordinated the way they do this, Gwen. It's, it's really, wow. it's people really getting on top of this. So really, we should just take a moment and give thanks to people like Catherine Forrest and Christian Lopez Vargas who are doing all they can to combat this scourge called COVID-19. Yes, we definitely should. So we are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Gwen, I want you to imagine this. Oh, dear. Uh, okay, what is going I, on? I'm becoming, I am becoming a sheltering-in-place stereotype. <laughs> imagine me driving down the street. I'm wearing an N95 mask. I happen to have one left over from the horrible fires, the California fires. I just had an extra N95. Oh. So I'm driving down the street. With this mask, I can't see because I'm blowing air through the mask. It's totally clouding my glasses. Okay, that's stereotype (laughs) one. Okay, and I'm driving the car just one hand on the steering wheel because the other hand is holding a great big smelly mason jar filled with sourdough starter. Mm, Wow. (laughs) So so I wasn't listening to opera at the time, but hey, we're all a bunch of shut-ins. We're all doing a lot of sheltering at home, bread baking. Many of us are taking up gardening, which brings us to our next story, which is all about Oren Martin, manager of the Allen Chadwick Garden. Oh, lovely. He is wonderful. I've heard. I've never, I unfortunately haven't met him quite yet, but Martin, like the rest of us, very concerned about the ongoing COVID-19 problem, but Mm -hmm. he is also delighted that people are responding to the pandemic with a desire to grow their own veggies. He's got a lot of knowledge to share as well as one plea. 
be sure to plant some flowers too. I love the fact that it's a plea that we should all have such problem <laughs> mixture of veggies with flowers. I always say, and this is lovely, this sentiment, I always say veggies are food for the body and flowers are food for the spirit and the soul. Amen. Aww. So here's some uh, tips for success for okay. Martin himself. Now, Martin suggests starting with a salad mix. All of you, you all need to be eating your salads. There's no excuse. National emergency is no excuse. He encourages <laughs> gardeners to grow what they like, a mix of kale, Asian greens, lettuce, whatever they enjoy. Pre-mixed seed blends are always a good possibility. Pro tip, now I've never heard of this, Gwen, but Martin really likes a particular endive called Bianca Rizia. Oh, that sounds mix. fancy. I, I guess he must like it a lot because he admits it's slow and difficult to grow. <laughs> so for that, I'm, I don't know. Braised tofu. No, um, Gwen, before I continue, <laughs> braised tofu right from the tree. Before I continue with this very important story, I, I, I'm going to turn the microphone to you. Are you getting into any of the crazes that characterize our time of sheltering in place? Are you gardening? Are you raising sourdough? Are you writing epic, epic poems? Are you learning Italian? Are you composting? Are you doing all those things at the same time? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Yes, that's, that's what I'm doing, exactly. And creating artwork, masterpieces. No, Dan, I am raising twin boys. Um, yes, that's, that's I don't huge. have time to raise sourdough cultures. And I sadly don't really have time to raise vegetables and flowers, even though I would really like to. Um, what about chickens? Oh, never mind. Chickens, uh, <laughs> not raising them either. Apparently, uh, <laughs> turkeys are available for adoption on the Utah Syracuse <laughs> campus. No, they're yeah, so nice. So you know? One of these days, I will. I will get back to the gardening. But sadly, when I've tried, I have found that my lack of time has led to dead plants. So, you know what? Well, you're doing important work, and it's you know, it's <laughs> sheltering in place is always a challenge. You've got a lot to do, so that's great. So, um, so what I will do is I will give you encouragement for your cabbages and broccoli and cauliflower and leeks and scallions and potatoes if you get a spare moment, right? Okay. So anyhow, my main takeaway, Gwen, my main and, and also Martin's takeaway, is just, just plant what you like. Plant the foods that will sustain you during this period. And uh, I strongly recommend that you go to our online news center at news.ucsc.edu and read the full story entitled Grow Your Own Veggies uh, by the one and only Jennifer McNulty. It'll give you a lot of valuable information about, uh, you name it, flowers, root crops, all the things that you should be reading about so you don't get burnout from Facebook and uh, the New York Times and Instagram and all that uh, other yeah. That's it's right. so true. It's so true. Yes. This is yeah, a, a good time to have a nice retreat. Um, if you can, you know, not everyone yeah. can, but um, <clears throat> if you can plant some veggies, plant some flowers. Um, if you, if you have children, <laughs> you might not be able to do that. Or if you just don't live yeah. in a place where you can do that, but um, you know, yeah. we, we're just going to have to do, what we can well and if nothing else Gwen like if you're doing sourdough like I am you yeah. find another kind of micro reason to be really antagonized because like I woke up the middle of the night the other night just worrying about my stupid sourdough really 
I did. I was wow. like, am I, am I feeding it enough? Is it going to explode? Okay, no, Dan, um, yeah. you don't need any other reasons to be anxious. <laughs> what? You know what's really funny is, is Gwen, this is me after Headspace. Okay. After. It's like 20, 20 minutes a day of it and you're feeling very sleepy right now. You know? Oh, nice. So this I is like a down version of myself. Oh, wow. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the sourdough. And I hope you are getting some nice time at home with your family. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's good to be able to report on what UCSC is doing in all this. And we're doing so much. It's, it's just incredible. And we're going to be part of the solution here. We really are. I think that we're playing an oversized role in this. All of these, all of these powerful minds that have come together here and are just kind of out in the world doing their thing. Yeah. With more stories, I should say, to come. There's, we got some big ones in the world. I know. We really do. Yeah. All right. Well, so you'll have to wait for those, our dear listeners, but they are coming up. Um, that is it for this time, but it's good as always to have you with us. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay home slugs and we'll catch you up with all the latest news next time see you all later everybody see you next time bye